1: Welcome
2: to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host as always, Mike DeNiro. Boy, do we have a super stacked show for you today because we have a whole lot to talk about. We're going to be talking all about this past week's AEW Dynamite. We're going to be talking about Rampage. We're going to be talking about Impact Wrestling. We're going to be talking about GCW this is a super stack show, but before we get into any of that good shit, we gotta thank our fans from around the world. Thank you, everybody who rides with the Wrestling DeLorean on a daily basis. All my passengers stand up. We appreciate you guys, all the Wrestling DeLorean passengers who are representing from America, Canada, the UK, Mexico, Germany, Ireland, Ecuador, Philippines. Israel, Australia—the list goes on and on and on and on—and I am so humble and grateful. Thank you, everybody. If you rep the Wrestling Delorean podcast, stand the fuck up. Salute you guys. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. If you don't already follow along on Instagram at Wrestling Delorean Pod, follow on TikTok at Wrestling Delorean Pod, follow on Twitter at w underscore Delorean Pod, follow on YouTube at Wrestling Delorean Pod. Enough of that shit. We got a lot to talk about, so it's. Cut the chit chat and let's get right into this super stack show right now. Like I said, as always, we got a super stacked show for you crazy motherfuckers. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean. Thank you for allowing me into your morning routine as you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I appreciate you all. Salute you guys. If you are a Wrestling DeLorean passenger, stand the fuck up and thank yourself because we going to go to new levels on this podcast real soon. I appreciate you guys. Like I said, we got a lot to talk about, and I'm talking about a lot. We're not just going to be talking about AEW. We're not just going to be talking about Rampage. We're not just going to be talking about Dynamite. We're not just going to be talking about Impact Wrestling. We're going to go a little bit independent, and we're going to be talking about the huge GCW event in my neck of the woods, New York City, the Hammerstein Ballroom, a fucking venue that I hold very near and dear to my heart. I've been to many. I lost count. Let's put it this way. I lost count. When it comes to the amount of shows that I've been to at the Hammerstein Ballroom or the Grand Ballroom, the Manhattan Center in general, I lost count. Whether that's ECW, whether that's Ring of Honor, whether that's Impact Wrestling, whether that's the WWE, like I said, that building is a building I hold very near and dear to my heart. And GCW rocked the motherfucking house this weekend with a huge event. World on GCW, and we're going to be talking all about that, but we're going to talk about that later on in the show. First, let's get into everything that happened last week. I missed two shows. I missed the Wednesday episode, and I missed the episode on Friday. Once again, my son is still in the goddamn hospital. We got a lot of shit that we've been ironing out, me and my fiance. So it's, it's, it's like, it's hard for us to... Do what we have planned when we got to, you know, when we have to be there for our son. It's it's coming to an end soon, though, because my son will be home soon, you know, God willing. He He's doing great. He's doing much better. He should be, you know, home soon, doing well, hanging out. With me and my fiance like a newborn should. He shouldn't be in the hospital three months later after being born. But everybody who's supporting me, I salute you guys. Thank you so much. Everybody who wished me a happy birthday on Friday. Everybody who donated to the St. Jude's Fund for Children at the St. Jude Hospital. I appreciate you guys making that donation in the name of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Thank you everybody who rides. It's not just something cool to say. I appreciate everybody who fucking rides and supports this podcast. We're not... Fans, you guys are not fans, you guys are not just passengers, you guys are family, you guys are my family, and I can't do this shit without you guys, without you guys, there is no me, I appreciate you guys so fucking much, you have no clue, you have no idea what that support does to me, what that support does for me, that support helps me get through to the next day, helps me keep my fucking head up, helps me keep on going, thank you so much for all the Wrestling DeLorean passengers who rides with me, yo, thank you. I know I say it all the time and I don't want to sound like a broken record player, but if you get annoyed with me showing, if you get fucking, if you get pissed off or get bored of me showing gratitude to my fucking supporters, then this is not the podcast for you because I love my fans. Other fucking podcasts do this shit as a business. I do this shit for the love, and I do this shit for you guys. And without you guys, there is no me. So thank you, everybody, who rides for the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Thank you for everybody who rides for Mike DeNiro. Thank you for everybody who rides for me. Thank you for everybody who rides for my family. I appreciate you guys, yo. That support is something that I could never put into words. I just appreciate it so much. And it's because of you guys, I'm going to keep on going. So speaking of keeping on going, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this super stack show we got for you guys. We're going to be talking about AEW Dynamite first. AEW Dynamite was a really good show. Last week, I talked about AEW being in the slump. This week, AEW said, fuck you, Mike De Niro. If you want a slump, then, you know, watch, watch WWE. Because this shit ain't no fucking slump right here. We, we about to go on a ride. And boy, did we. Because this was a stacked episode of Dynamite. The show starts off with the return of John Moxley. We haven't seen John Moxley since October. He checked himself into an alcohol rehab. John Moxley returned here and he looked amazing, you know what I mean? He looked in great shape, looked to be very slim, very fit. The crowd gave Moxley a standing ovation. Welcome back chance, looking lean. It was a heckler though. One Heckler says, get this trash out the ring. And live on TBS, John Moxley says, He <laughs> says, Go fuck yourself, you piece of shit. <laughs> and they didn't block it either. So, TBS, welcome to the world of AEW Dynamite. Anyway, John Moxley cuts a really good promo here. John Moxley cuts a promo from the heart. It wasn't even a promo. He was talking to his supporters. He was talking to his fans. He was talking about demons. And not running away from his demons. He's not scared of his demons. He's not scared to face them head on. One of the the closing line of this promo was: Nowadays, all he drinks is blood. He's thirsty, and he's thirsty for blood. John Moxley looks like a million bucks here, and I'm excited because John Moxley brings a lot of star power to AEW. He brings a lot of authenticity to AEW, and the show definitely was lacking without Moxley being there. Maybe Moxley is the glue. To bring AEW to, back to where it was before they started to slump off a little bit. Anyway, we got MJF. He's cutting a promo on Wardlow. He blames Wardlow for losing the Punk last week. He blames it on Wardlow's inexperience. MJF then apologizes to Wardlow for losing his cool. But since Wardlow did put his hands on him, he said he's going to have to dock his pay a little bit. Wardlow doesn't look too excited about that. We got the intergender matchup here between Chris Statlander and Orange Cassidy versus Britt Baker and Adam Cole. This was a lot of fun, you know what I mean? They, they did have some comedy spots, which was expected in the Orange Cassidy matchup, but things got serious. Things got, you know, a little hardcore here, and Adam Cole picks up the victory after Orange Cassidy puts Britt Baker inadvertently through a table. This makes Adam Cole snap, and Adam Cole picks up the victory here for his team. We next get a promo by Chris Jericho and Pride and Powerful, in which during this promo, Chris Jericho says Eddie Kingston could GYF, which if you don't know what GYF is, or GFY, my bad. If you don't know what GFY is, it means go fuck yourself. And this didn't sit well with Santana and Ortiz. They were like, look, you may not like Eddie Kingston, but Eddie Kingston's our boy. And maybe Eddie Kingston's right. Maybe we're not tag team champions because we're hanging around you. When have you had our back? We always had your back cleaning up your messes. But when have you had our back? Now, this is really interesting to me because there's a, you know, there, there might be a little bit of truth here. And it's not because Jericho, you know, it's not because Jericho told him them back. But Santana and Ortiz may possibly be a little fed up with the way shit's going in AEW. And if I'm them, I don't blame them. They may may be a little fed up with being one of the best tag teams in that roster, but getting no play. They may be a little fed up with seeing guys like the Jurassic Express win tag team titles, FTR win tag team gold, the Young Bucks win Tag Team Gold. The Lucha Brothers win Tag Team Gold. But a few years ago, Santana and Ortiz was looked at as one, if not the top tag team in the business. So, where's Pride and Powerful's run with the tag team titles? Pride and Powerful is either in a inner circle feud or they're not on TV. They're on AEW Dark and that's not cool. Especially with contracts coming up. You don't want to lose Santana and Ortiz. Santana and Ortiz. Definitely add to that roster. They definitely add to that tag team division. And I'm sure there's a little. Animosity. With the way that things are being going with their booking. Personally. I think Santana Ortiz is the. Like. If not. The best, they're probably top five right now on that roster and they get no play. I would like to see Santana Ortiz separate from Jericho. Santana Ortiz should not be a package deal with the rest of the inner circle. Santana and Ortiz should be their own entity at this point. And they need, they don't, they shouldn't just want to, they need to have that tag team gold. They need a run with that tag team gold by now. It's wild that they didn't get that run already. Anyway, it's going to be Chris Jericho and Pride and Powerful next week against Danny Garcia and 2.0. They said maybe Jericho, since they since Jericho didn't have their back, maybe they won't have Jericho's back next week. Adam Cole cuts a promo. He's really pissed off with Orange Cassidy. It is announced next week. There will be a lights out matchup between Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole. We haven't seen a lights out matchup in a while. In AEW, I remember when they were doing one once a week. But we're going to get Lights Out, Adam Cole, and Orange Cassidy at Beach Break. Sean Spears versus CM Punk was not necessarily a real match. CM Punk hit the GTS about two seconds into this matchup, picking up the victory. MJF tried to sneak attack CM Punk. When CM Punk saw him, he he, he ran away. This was really nothing. I mean... CM Punk right now should be getting, like, victories, yeah, leading up to the match with MJF. But CM Punk should, you know, have somewhat of a match. The guy does need to, you know, continue to get in ring shape and shake that ring rust off. I would think that they would have him in matches, but it's whatever. Sounds cool, whatever. Billy Gunn confronts Christian Cage backstage. He says that the Gun Club has been... On a roll, they deserve a tag team title shot. Christian Cage makes a statement saying that just like their father, when the lights are bright, they're going to come up short. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. The gun club then attacks Christian Cage. We got a very intriguing promo by Cody Rhodes here. Cody Rhodes recalls the CM Punk pipe bomb. He calls calls CM Punk's comeback the comeback of the decade. He said that in his absence, he left a void, though. He said that CM Punk said that he should go to New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor in his pipe bomb. And Cody Rhodes did. He said that CM Punk wanted to team up with the Young Bucks. And Cody Rhodes did. So he said that everything that CM Punk said that he would do, Cody Rhodes ended up doing. He picked up that void for Punk. Cody said that he built that forbidden door. And this got a lot of mixed reactions. Some people were booing, some people were uh actually Channing Cody. He talks about being gone for two weeks and he says, boy, did shit change. He says that the Bucks want to fight Red Dragon, but he doesn't need to see the Bucks be developmental again. That was a little, eh. Yo, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, and Bobby Fish, whether you want to believe so or not, are not developmental talent. Cody, some may even say these guys are talent more talented than you. So, for you trying to take yet another jab at NXT, these guys are no longer NXT stars. These guys are under your contract. So, if you hired them and you think that they're, well, if Tony Khan hires them and you think that they're still just developmental talent, then that makes them look bad. So, by you doing this, that that was a little idiotic. Just a shot to the WWE just to take a shot. There's a little, you know, shit that Cody throws in there that I, I don't really fucking like. He talks about Ricky Starks and Jay Lethal. He tells him to avoid the uh, lethal injection because it's the one cutter people don't kick out of. Good endorsement for Jay Lethal, but another shot. Uh, he talks about Brody King being here and you calling yourself Brody and AEW takes a lot of balls. He got a mixed reaction from the crowd it's all all this talk and shit about the rest of the roster, all it was for was to build up for Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara in the ladder match next week title for title. The interim TNT title versus the real TNT title. I don't know. Cody Rhodes seems fake controversy. fake, fake controversial. Saying shit just to say shit. Saying shit just for pops. Saying that saying buzzwords like the reason why I won't turn heel. The reason why I'm cutting this promo, trying to be very inside baseball, looking for a reaction. It just didn't come off to me the way that I thought that he might've wanted it to come off. But I don't know that it's a lot of Cody shit that doesn't come off the way I think it should come off. Anyway, also on the show, we got the Kings of the Black Throne representing the House of Black. They went against the Varsity Blondes and made very quick work of the Varsity Blondes. After this, we got a video package from PAC. Pack wants Malachi Black. That looks like to be the feud that's going to be going forward. I'm excited for that. The video package by PAC was really cool. Why is it so hard to say? The video package by PAC. The video package by PAC was cool. Anyway. Kazarian versus Lance Archer then happened. Lance Archer made quick work of Kazarian. Lance Archer wins. Dan Lambert's on the mic. Dan Lambert came out, by the way, with Jake the Snake Roberts. It looks like they're going to be Lance Archer's managers. Archer says that he's done with this cowboy bullshit. This leads to Hangman Page coming out. They get into a brawl. Hangman Page takes uh, Archer out. We got, in the main event, Sting and Darby Allin versus the Acclaimed. This was a great matchup. Sting. 62 or 63 at this point, I'm not sure. The man, the myth, the icon Sting is still the fucking man. Sting did a fucking stage dive in this match through a table. Sting, the guy it's not even like he doesn't age. The guy does age. You can see it on his body. The guy is he's beat up. At 62, with that many, as many years as he put in into this business, you would expect that. But boy, does this guy still put on intriguing matchups? Sting is the man. In the end, Sting and Darby Allen pick up the victory. They beat the number one seed in the tag team title rankings. Now, I would think that would make Sting and Darby Allen the number one contenders. And if this leads to Sting and Darby Allen versus Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy at some point. I'm all for that. This was definitely a really good episode of AEW Dynamite. A lot of stars on the show. We got to see Malachi Black. We got to see CM Punk. We got to see Jon Moxley. We got to see Sting. We got to see Andrade. We got to see a lot on the show. Adam Cole. A lot of good storyline development. I'm excited for next week beach break. Some news coming out of the AEW Rampage from this week. It looks like we're going to be getting John Moxley versus Daniel. Whoa, whoa, whoa. John Moxley versus Brian Danielson as John Moxley's next feud and Brian Danielson's next feud, which is something that we thought we were going to see in the world title tournament matchup before John Moxley checked himself into rehab. And I think that that definitely will be a great feud. But who wins? Brian Danielson needs to pick up a victory. And so does John Moxley. John Moxley's coming off of viatus. so it's going to be really interesting. But I'm sure the matches between John Moxley and uh, Brian Danielson is going to really be hellacious matches. Speaking of John Moxley, we had a name drop on SmackDown. Seth Rollins name dropping John Moxley on SmackDown. Not saying Dean Ambrose, if you remember, John Moxley was not John Moxley on WWE. He was Dean Ambrose, but Seth Rollins said the word Mox when bringing up The Shield, when he had a promo against Roman Reigns this past week on SmackDown. He said, that's why me and Mox had to hold your hands through The Shield. Mox. A lot of people are like, oh, is Mox going to be in the Royal Rumble? No. But Mox was, however, on GCW. World on GCW in the Hammerstein Ballroom. We're going to be talking about that soon. But first, we got to talk about a great, great, great episode of... Impact Wrestling on Access TV. A very solid show. Impact Wrestling is one of the most consistently great shows when it comes to professional wrestling in a whole. Like I said, right now Impact Wrestling is firing on all cylinders. We had Tasha Steeles versus Chelsea Greenstar off the show. Really good matchup. Tasha Steeles is on a roll. She wins the matchup. She cuts a promo on Mickey James saying that she's going to send her back to her son as a failure. This leads to Mickey James and Tasha getting to a brawl. Savannah Evans helps Tasha steals, takes out Mickey James. Chelsea Green evens up the odds. We got Matt Cardona. He wants to challenge for the digital champion against Jordan Grace. That should be interesting. Impact Wrestling used to be doing a lot of intergender matches. We haven't seen none in a while, so we might see one soon. We got footage from Charlie Haas' Ring of Honor run. He's in the main event tonight against Josh Alexander. That should be really good. Ace Austin wants Speedball Mike Bailey to join him. We got a a handicap matchup between VSK and Zicky Dice against uh, W. Morrissey. Now to the good shit. We got a Ring of Honor title matchup. And I love how whenever Ring of Honor has a Ring of Honor title matchup, we always get Ian Riccoboni and Bobby Cruz representing Ring of Honor on this show. This matchup was between Steve Macklin and Jonathan Gresham. Before this matchup, the Ring of Honor 5 were in the house, and they met with Scott DeAmour, and Scott Moore said that, hey, we got a skybox for you, but if you enter that ring at all, I have a roster of guys willing to kick your fucking ass. So, tread lightly. Don't get involved tonight, because it ain't going to be good for you guys. The Ring of Honor title matchup between Jonathan Gresham and Steve Macklin had the Ring of Honor 5 watching from the balcony. This was a really good matchup. Jonathan Gresham wins with really good technically sound matchup. A fundamentally sound matchup. Jonathan Gresham's still your Ring of Honor world champion. We got a really good hoss fight between Doc Gallows and Joe Doring versus Rhino and Heath Slater. Gallows and Doring win the matchup. And in the main event, like I said, we had Charlie Haas and Josh Alexander. Yet another great, fundamentally sound matchup. In the end, Josh Alexander picks up the victory. The Ring of Honor 5 attack. This leads to Chris Sabin coming out. He gets jumped by the Ring of Honor 5. Willie Mack and Rich Swan run out. They get jumped. Too much for the Impact Wrestling roster. Then comes Eddie Edwards with the candlestick. He's wielding the candlestick. The Ring of Honor 5, they all retreat. Maria goes on the mic. She said they used to believe in Ring of Honor. They used to believe in honor, but things change, and now there is honor no more, so they are going by the name Honor No More. Really good episode of Impact Wrestling. Very solid, very consistent, very fun. But let's talk about the most fun show that I've seen this weekend, GCW sold out the Hammerstein Ballroom, which was uh, no easy feat. Definitely quite the accomplishment. Shouts to Brett Lauderdale and the, the crew for GCW. This show was live on traditional pay-per-view as well as Fight TV. Really good show. Really good show. A lot of fun. The The main show started out with the brass ring ladder match. This was between Jordan Oliver, PCO, Tony Deppen, Alex Colon, G. Raver, Jimmy Lloyd, and as a surprise, AJ Gray. This was a really fun opening matchup. PCO's fucking nuts, man. Doing shit like moonsault to the outside at his age. PCO is wild, yo. Jordan Oliver also is a guy who stood out to me. Really great wrestler. I've been watching him for a while. I've seen him in MLW. I've seen him in CZW. Really excited to see where Jordan Oliver goes. AJ Gray is loved. AJ Gray is definitely over with this crowd. During the match, we had a run in by John Wayne Murdoch. He takes out Alex Cologne when Alex Cologne was about to win. John Wayne Murdoch is a deathmatch wrestler who has a beef with Alex Cologne, who's traditionally a deathmatch wrestler himself. In the end, AJ Gray wins this really fun opening matchup. Next, we got Lenny Leonard joining Dave Prazak on commentary. Very nostalgic. Really brings me back to the days of the Ring of Honor pay-per-views from 2007. Shows like Man Up, shows like Driven, shows like Honor to Respect. Really, really nostalgic. I always was a fan of the team, the duo of the legendary Dave Prezak and Lenny Leonard. I really liked them on commentary. It was really cool and refreshing to hear them here. And also speaking of nostalgic, in the Hammerstein Ballroom, Steven DeAngelis was in the house. If you don't know who Steven DeAngelis is, we, Steven DeAngelis is the former ring announcer for ECW. Steven DeAngelis was the ring announcer during the original ECW 1 Night Stand 05 pay-per-view in the Hammerstein Ballroom. So really cool to see Steven DeAngelis here. Really nostalgic, like I said. Next on the show, we got a trio zucha match between Gringo Loco, Ades and Demonic Flamita versus Bandito, Laredo Kid, and ASF. What a fucking matchup, yo. Gringo Loco gets the victory for his team, but a lot of innovative spots, a lot of lucha spots, a lot of shit that I've never seen before, like the triple electric chair into the fucking Canadian Destroyer. Insane. Insane. I can't even begin to tell you the innovation on in this matchup between these six men. Bandito was a fucking star. One of the two Ring of Honor champions right now. Bandito is a trailblazer. He's a star and he's going to do a lot of big things in this business. Next, Ian Riccaboni, who I just talked about being on Impact Wrestling, the Ring of Honor, the voice of Ring of Honor, is here. He was supposed to call the Ring of Honor title match between Blake Christian and Jonathan Gresham, but it is announced that that's not going to happen. Blake Christian comes out and he says that, unfortunately, Jonathan Gresham isn't here. He can't make it matchup is off, but he says, Ring of Honor, give me a call. I want my fucking title matchup, which he should get when Ring of Honor opens back up in April. He says he wants to fight in the Hammerstein. He wants to fight the best. He wants to show that he is the best in the world. So he calls out his greatest foe in GCW history. This leads to Blake Christian versus Leo Rush, the replacement for Jonathan Gresham. And this was a really good matchup. Another fun matchup on the show. Lots of innovative spots here. Really good stuff here. Next, we got the most hated man in New York City last night. We had Matt Cardona. He's going against Joey Janela. Cardona comes out to enter Sandman, doing his best one-night-stand cosplay. He's the ultimate troll, yo. This crowd was fucking hating on this dude. Cardona had a flannel on that said, fuck McFoley. Just just trying to get reaction from the crowd. Big-ass sign in the banner that said, if Cardona wins, we riot. Chelsea Green gets on the mic and says all hail the Deathmatch King, Matt Cardona. Cardona says that his mom and dad is here so you can't boo him. He calls the fans of GCW ungrateful and says that the show is sold out because of him. He says that he's going to end Joey Janela's career before Tony Khan can say the words you're fired. Just just getting a lot of heat here. The crowd is 100% behind Joey Janela. During the matchup, Chelsea Green kicks Matt Cardona in the balls, but it was all a fucking, uh, it was all a ruse because he had a cup on. This was to distract Joey Janela, and she turned on Joey Janela when it looked like she was going to join forces with Joey Janela. By the way, the next couple things I'm going to talk about, people might see this and say that this is so overbooked, but you know what? This shit reminded me of the old Wild Wild West of ECW where anything could happen, anyone could run in, and it's just craziness from start to finish and i like that shit this 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 seemed just like the nostalgic era of ecw and i like that shit so i actually enjoyed what was about to happen we had joey janela pick up the internet championship this leads to smart mark sterling coming out and saying that joey Janella did not read the contract if he uses the internet title if he uses it he will be disqualified he says he's going to bring out somebody who meant a lot to Matt Cardona's career. He brings out, quote-unquote, Vince, which leads to Vince McMahon's theme song playing. No chance in hell. But it's not Vince McMahon. It's Vincent, a.k.a. Virgil, who distracts Joey Janela. This leads to a schoolboy pin attempt by Matt Cardona. We get a two count. Joey Janela hits a superkick, blooding the nose of Matt Cardona. Joey goes for to grab something under the ring, and under the ring is Hornswoggle. Who's there and he takes out Macardona. Oh man, this, this this is where shit gets really wild now. We had some guy named Stackhouse, uh, Sam Stackhouse, never heard of him. He takes out Hornswoggle. Very wild, very ECW-esque like I said. The giant Stackhouse misses a second rope moonsault. This leads to Marco Stunt making his GCW return. A guy who was in the news for a guy who's not going to be resigning with AEW. He makes his GCW return here. He takes out Swaggle with the chair. Matt Cardona takes out stunt with the pile driver. This leads to Joey Janela hitting Chelsea Green with a pile driver. Then a the guy in a motorcycle helmet spears Joey Janela through the door. Ala Edge at One Night Stand 2006 spearing spearing John Cena through the table. And of course, this is Edge cosplay because we got the fucking Edge heads here. The guy takes off the fucking motorcycle helmet and is none other than Brian Myers, the best friend of Matt Cardona. He helps Matt Cardona pick up the victory here when Matt Cardona hits the radio silence through a door from the top rope. Cardona wins. The crowd is throwing trash into the ring. They're ready to riot like they said. All of a sudden, lights go out. Shit turns green and DX music starts to play and it is none other than the legendary X-Pac. X-Pac is here. He takes out Cardona and Myers. X-Pac raises the hand of Joey Janela. What a fucking roller coaster ride this was, yo. We had appearances from, of course, Matt Cardona, Joey Janela, Chelsea Green. We had appearances from Hornswoggle, Mark Sterling, some guy named Sam Stackhouse, Marco Stunt, uh, Brian Myers. This was absolutely crazy. Like I said, this really felt like the old ECW days. So I was all good with it. Next on the show, we had Mance Warner come out, who's suffered a, a leg injury not so long ago. He's here in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Big fan of Mance Warner. Old Mancers gets on the mic and he says that GCW works hard because the fans, he says that they have the best crew. He starts name dropping guys like Gene Carlo and Brett Lauderdale and the Riggers and the guys who set up the ring and the crew backstage and... This leads to Atticus Kogar coming out and saying, fuck Brett Lauderdale, fuck Jean Carlo, or John Carlo." He says that I should have a spot on this show. And fuck Mance Warner, why the fuck you even here? He says that this has been nothing but a fucking spot show anyway, so fuck it. Mance Warner gets on the mic and he says that the doctor said he can't wrestle, but the doctor didn't say that he can't beat a punk ass bitch's ass. This leads to a brawl between Mance and Addison Kogar. Uh, Matthew Justice comes out. He makes the save when Kogar takes out uh, Warner. Then 440H, who is Atticus Kogar's uh, stable here, they take out Mance Warner and Matthew Justice. Lights go out. It's Sabu with Bill Alfonso. Now, I was just talking about how this is nostalgic to ECW. We have the legendary Sabu with Bill Alfonso here. Nostalgia, baby. This, this was awesome to see once again in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Holy shit. Like I said, if this isn't the new ECW, then I don't know what the fuck is. GCW is the new ECW. Like Brett Lauderdale said before the show, he said people said they've seen a lot of GCWs come and go. But guess what? GCW is here to stay. Long live GCW. I fucking love this show. Next, we got a dream matchup for Ali Catch. It is Ali Catch versus Ruby Soho. Really, really good stuff. Before the match, we had an amazing, amazing, amazing Alley Catch video package. Really good shit. Good matchup. Very solid. Ruby Soho picks up the victory. The crowd boos because they want to see their homegrown talent, Ali Catch, pick up the victory here. But Ali Catch gets a standing ovation from this crowd regardless. Next up on this show, we had Effie versus Jeff Jarrett. Now, that is a matchup I never thought I'd say I'd see. But in the end, it was a pretty decent matchup. Jeff Jarrett here, he, he still got it. You know, he's still a heat magnet. Effie is a great wrestler. In the end, Jeff Jarrett picks up the victory. The crowd boos. They don't like this. It seems like all the GCW diehards wanted to see the GCW homegrown talents win. And right now, it didn't look too good for them because both Ali Catch and Effie, they're, by the way, a team named Bussy. They both lose here to the more established stars of Jeff Jarrett and Ruby Soho. Next, we get the GCW World Title Matchup. I thought we would be getting the Tag Team Title Matchup, but that's saved for the main event. We got the World Title Matchup. It is Homicide in his hometown, in the same building that he won the Ring of Honor title from, versus John Moxley. The crowd has a big fuck bully Ray chant. Now, if you don't understand that, during the weekend Bully Ray said that John Moxley should have apologized to the fans during his return speech on AEW Dynamite. Now, I don't know what he should apologize for. John Moxley did the best thing he could do for himself, for his family, for his daughter, and check himself to rehab. What the fuck should he apologize for? What the fuck should he apologize to the fans for? He doesn't owe the fans an apology. For what? So I don't get that shit, but the, neither did the crowd in the Hammerstein ballroom because there was a big fuck-bully chant. I don't blame him. Anyway, this was short and sweet, but very, very brutal. John Moxley knocks out Homicide's tooth at one point. Moxley picks up the win. He's still your GCW champion. Very vicious matchup. Good shit, though. Main event time. We got the GCW tag team title matchup. The Briscoes are out. They issue an open challenge. They're your current GCW champions. Main event, we had no idea who was going to answer the call to the Briscoes. But boy, was the crowd happy with who did answer the call. First out, we had the Deathmatch legend, the legendary bulldozer, Matt Tremont, making his return here to GCW. Then we had the lights go out. Out comes Dewey Donovan. The crowd knows exactly what this meant. This means MDK all fucking day. Nick Gage is the partner of Matt Tremont. He's going to be teaming up with Tremont against the Briscoe brothers here. The crowd goes fucking wild with MDK Chance, Nick Gage and Matt Tremont have a crazy wild brawl with the Briscoes. Now, unfortunately, this got cut short because this was on live pay-per-view This was on traditional pay-per-view, and the end time for this pay-per-view was 11 o'clock. This this matchup started around, I would say, 10.50, and you had a lot of pageantry and entrances for the uh, Briscoes. You had a video package for the Briscoes. You had a lot of pageantry and entrance for Matt Tremont, and same for Nick Gage. Really, really crazy stuff here, though. A lot of brawling, like I said, a lot of action. In the end, it was cut short, but your new tag team champions for GCW is the legendary hardcore deathmatch team of Matt Tremont and Nick Gage. After the matchup, Nick Gage gets on the mic. He talks to his MDK gang. He tells everybody, thank you for riding with him. Thank you for helping him. Everybody who hits him up tells him to keep his head up and keep on going forward. Really nice moment. We had the locker room empty out here. All the GCW guys came out. They were surrounded in the ring. They were in the ring. Really good moment. This was a victory for GCW. Like I said, they pulled it off. They, they sold out the Hammerstein Ballroom. They pulled off what was a very great show and a show that a lot of people are going to be talking about for a long time. And sky's the limit for GCW. GCW right now is the new ECW. GCW right now takes that top independent spot Especially with Ring of Honor not in the picture anymore. And I thoroughly enjoyed the show. It was top to bottom. Like, there was, yes, a lot of overbooked shit. But, in the end of the day, this was a very fun show. And that should be all that matters. You should have fun watching the show. And I had a lot of fun watching the show. So, I gave this a very, very strong 4 out of 5 stars. It wasn't the most technically sound show. But it was a great fucking show. So, as long as I had a lot of fun, I'm going to fucking keep on rocking with GCW. Anyway, I hope everyone has a great fucking day. I hope everyone tunes into Monday Night Raw, the go-home show before the Royal Rumble. Tune into to NXT tomorrow night. And make sure on Wednesday, you tune in right here to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I love you guys. One love. Stay safe. Peace out.